Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. WebmasterRadio.fm presents a show custom built to give you everything you need to build your business on the web. WebmasterRadio.fm presents CEO Coach. From funding to finance, set up to staffing, our CEO coaches break down the art of business development from the ground up. Now here to get you started are the experts of online business startup, management, and development. The founders of Outlines Venture Group, Jillian Music and Ann Kennedy. Welcome to CEO Coach. I'm Ann Kennedy, President of Outlines Venture Group, General Manager at the Sibylla Masters Fund, and author of Global Search Engine Marketing. I'm here with Jillian Music, my partner at Outlines and the Sibylla Masters Fund. Jillian is a co-founder of both Moz and Bread Approved, a global speaker and contributing author to numerous books and publications on the subject of gender lens investing. Together, we are serial entrepreneurs helping online companies launch, grow, pivot, and thrive. Find out more at outlinesventure.com. Hi, Jillian. What's on your mind today? Hey, Anne, how are you doing? I'm thinking today about this interesting article in the Washington Post that disputes the old saying that power corrupts and absolute power corrupts absolutely. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah, Yeah, I think it's a very interesting uh, comment because Lord Acton made that more than 100 years ago. um, And we have always assumed that to be true. What did you learn? Well, I don't know that we've learned anything, but we've certainly opened, if you will, a conversation that really hadn't been thought of for a while in this way. Um, I I found it interesting because it assumes uh, that, let's say we assume that the article is correct. What they're saying at the article is not that power corrupts, but power makes you more of who you are intrinsically. Now, that's intriguing to me. It would say something about the kind of people who achieve power, and if we change the kind of people that achieve power in a society as a whole, then we might change the 
uh, kind of the essence of the people in power, right? <laughs> so that would be intriguing. If the only people who achieve power are those who do so by nefarious means, by uh, physical brute force, by uh, uh, larger armies, and so on and so forth, then that is the kind of person who has power. And if we uh, have people who are intrinsically quite different but find their way to the top, I doubt that they would become, this article would say, uh, they would become these awful people. They would simply become more of themselves. So um, I don't know. It's, it's that thing between, you know, the Mother Teresas and, and the, you know, megalomaniacs. You know? Well, well, it's interesting. The article itself had some studies, referred to some studies in which they tested things like, I don't know, people in a room with an annoying fan noise and who had the power to suggest that it be turned off. And to, to I mean, there is actually some data backing this up and we'll put the links up on our Facebook page. Yeah, that is true. Um, and yes, they had some interesting stuff around that. And I've also thought about uh, what they talked about, this uh, test of the things inside a room and so on. My question would also be, what about uh, moderating that by people who have a greater ability to calm themselves? I mean, we teach babies to do this, right? And then when they're newborn, we swaddle them and so on. And then uh, the baby uh, pulls out of it and then flails all over and fusses and then you do it again, right? Uh, some babies can calm themselves well they find their thumb or whatever right and some babies cannot some adults of course in the same way have never learned to calm themselves those people would be more agitated by sound in the room or knowing whatever right they might be more likely therefore to ask for something to be turned off or to do it themselves and so on because the agitation is greater for them so that, again, would say maybe the people who um, grab for more power, if you will, and try to change things outside are those who really have no tolerance or you know, have a greater intolerance uh, for simply what is, what is agitating. Still, um, I, think I, th I think I heard you say two things in that. One is uh, some people never grow up <laughs> out of their mm -hmm. infant years. But True. the second thing is that it's a two-way street, and, there, and it has something to do with uh, other people that are in the room, if you will, as well. So yes, we, yes. we can't always just pin it on one person. No, no. But no, true. Assuming, though, that the premise is correct, right? Power reveals who we really are, right? And people with certain tendencies uh, will gravitate to certain types of professions, right? Then we can examine what kinds of tendencies lead people to become entrepreneurs of lifestyle businesses, scalable but privately held businesses, and scalable funded businesses, right? So that brings it kind of back to our world. If exactly. that were the case, right, then we could examine what are those tendencies that lead people to do it. Remember, we talk a lot about the assets and attributes of successful CEOs and successful uh, corporations and so on in the tech sector. And when we look at the attributes, this one kind of uh, comes to the core of that, right? Power makes you more of who you are. So now as we begin to invest in um, uh, companies at the earliest stages or even give them enough capital to uh, power up once they have proven their markets, right? So that would be the uh, series A, Bs, and Cs. Uh, then we would look at it and say, is this the leader we're looking for? What will happen when this leader gets more capital, power, market share, and so on? Interesting. Very interesting. And so tell me more. How do we begin to look at those things? Well, um, 
I would say when I was kind of sending you notes about this, I remember I sent you something that said, um, you know, I hear far more women resonating with my words when I talk about looking at a capitalization stack instead of simply asking for equity investment for other companies. I think that women are far more willing to look at the nuances of capitalizing their companies and women are far more likely to resonate the, to the idea of self-funding, you know, what can I sell today to pay for what I want to build tomorrow, than the men are. The men move much more quickly towards, you know, raising equity, but then they can get it. They get 98% of it, right? And the women knowing that they, they get 2%, this informs their decisions to say, no, I better self-fund and I better build a smaller company. Well, that makes that that brings up the question of uh, obviously you and I are very much in favor of looking at capitalization stacks um, mm -hmm. instead of simple equity investing. But what we're talking about is a system that's existed for as long as there have been tech startups and before that, mm -hmm. probably as long as there have been industries. But what I'm trying to say is that is there something in that system that perhaps isn't working as well as it could. I would say so, of course. <laughs> right? We would like to see some more balance in this play. Nevertheless, um, the fact that, that you can draw lines across such a large swath of sectors of people, again, whether it's male and female or whether it's you know younger or older, first-time entrepreneur, second-time entrepreneur in the tech sector, in the industrial sector, and so on, right? Uh, if you can find fairly large commonalities, right, among groups of people, and then track to see what kind of leaders they become, right, it will give you a better indication of one, as an investor, whether you're going to get your ROI out of there, right, two, whether it would be a company that you actually want to invest in, as more investors look at what kind of company they wish to support, what kind of teams and leaders they wish to support, not just what kind of investment returns they'd like to get, right, they do moderate this, um, male and female, right, far more often than they used to, right, now as we look at those things, this will inform investment decisions. What I don't see yet um, is a, how should I say, a statistical uh, study and analysis of these kinds of traits. And I don't see anybody who has said, well, let's take a swath of 100 companies in the industrial sector. Who launched it? Who ran it? Who funded it? Uh, how long did it take? Uh, what uh, were there changes in the leadership along the way? What kind of problems were you know showing up along the way? How were they overcome? And so on and so forth. Uh, in a company, for example, that overcame leadership problems or even growth problems by simply transferring the leadership to somebody else, in other words, changing out the leaders on a regular basis, then you have to say, now, where was the power coming from? Was it really inside the corporation at the CEO level or any C-suite level? Or was it at the board level? Or was it at the investor level, which influenced the board, which then you know ousted CEOs on a regular basis? As we look at these kinds of things, I think we'll find some interesting, I don't know, commonalities and, again, interesting differences. We'll be able to find some outliers that say, oh, that is what makes that company not only financially successful, but perhaps long-term successful for a number of other um, 
I don't know, uh, motivators, if you will, right? Uh, they might have more uh, gender equity, ethnicity equity in their hiring practices. They may be better for the, uh, you know, community at large. They may be better for, you know, the environmental impact they have or whatever it is. That's really interesting. And uh, we have to take a break now for our sponsors, Julian. But afterwards, I want to come back and talk more about this and particularly how it relates to equity funding um, and or Otherwise, you know, uh, uh, capitalization stack funding. So mm-hmm. uh, let's take a break now and come back and talk more about power and how it affects our world of startup uh, executives. This is CEO Coach, and we'll be right back. More on how to get your business on the web with CEO Coach after this. Ready to do a podcast for your business? Make that podcast elevate to enterprise level. Let webmasterradio.fm expedite and execute your podcast to build your brand and broaden your customer base. Webmasterradio.fm has worked with the world's biggest tech brands, Google, Yahoo, and Bing, and have worked with fast-growing brands like ShipStation and GoDaddy. Now it's your turn. Contact brasco at wmr.fm and rush your enterprise level podcast into production at a very reasonable rate email brasco at wmr.fm you are now tuned in to the world's largest online radio podcast network for internet marketers looking to dominate the b2b marketplace webmasterradio.fm webmasterradio.fm is home to some of the most respected authorities in all aspects of internet marketing from SEO to affiliate marketing to social media, e-commerce mobile marketing and so much more. Our hosts travel to all stretches of the world and speak to the impact players that are affecting our industry on air on demand and available on every mobile device that you can imagine. This is WebmasterRadio.fm. WebmasterRadio.fm. We're everywhere. Are you looking for the best in WordPress speed, security, and scalability? WP Engine is a digital experience platform for WordPress, powering digital experiences for large brands around the world. With easy-to-use site management tools and powerful do-it-your-way development features, WP Engine gives you the flexibility to build it your way. Improve your SEO and conversion rates with a faster site on WP Engine. Learn more on WPEngine.com. We're back with Julian Music and Ann Kennedy on CEO Coach, only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Welcome back to CEO Coach. Uh, we're talking today about power in the C-suite and integrity of leadership teams, but uh, which I want to go on to in a bit. But before we do that, I want to go back to something that you were getting close to saying in the uh, previous segment, Jillian. You talked about uh, how uh, capitalization stacks are important, and we do favor those over pure equity plays. But you also um, mentioned to me once you've had some experience when you counsel men um, and how many of them listen to your counsel to review all their options for capitalizing their company. And then what do they usually, usually do? 
Yeah, uh, we were you were talking about this idea of the capitalization stack, and I do think that women resonate to it far more frequently. And I'd say that you know, in my experience, ninety percent or more of the men I speak to will listen to the same counsel, and they will review their options for capitalizing their company, and then they will reiterate that they prefer to raise equity. They want to use other people's money, right? And that has a limit of liability stopping at the corporation they're attempting to build. And on the flip side, about 90% of the women will resonate with the idea that they may not have to raise equity. It turns out that when I dig in a little bit, the women are far more concerned that they will be ousted by their male equity funders than the men are. So that's intriguing too. Again, where right. does power lie and what will power make you do, if you will, or does it make you do anything? You do it. Uh, but you have the power, in other words, the freedom to act on your own, um, I don't know, intelligence, if you will. And uh, male funders are far more likely to oust uh, CEOs than female funders. And so, again, uh, you know, looking at these kinds of broad brushstroke collections of similarities uh, is interesting. Um, I, they're not all informative. You know, what was it uh, uh, numbers don't lie, but but liars or numbers don't figure or something, but figures lie or whatever. It's backwards. Right. You, know? yeah. you get the idea. Liars. Figure. Yeah. Uh, what I'm saying is really, you know, all A is B, but not all B is A. Um, right. Right. So when we look at these things, I think taking nuance even to those kinds of statistics are important, too. Um, if we're saying, well, male funders are more likely to oust a, uh, a founder, male or female, than a female funder, uh, are the females funding at the same levels that the male are? Are they funding the same kind of companies? Um, you know, what's going on there and why? Uh, first of all, uh, I think the most recent stat I heard was that there were 7% of all venture capitalists were women. And these are not general partners as you and I are, uh, but uh, they could be venture partners or they could just be managers or whatever inside venture capital firms. So only 7% are female at all. Are they really in a position to oust a CEO? Uh, so, you know, it's again, good, good question. Good right. Yeah. It's a silly number. So I know that as we talk about kind of raising capital and again about uh, how the, the kinds of companies that people will build, I think that we, we talk a lot about this from the entrepreneur side. And I'd like to talk about it a little from the investor side. We are getting a broader group of investors every year. And I think that's a very important piece of the puzzle. Uh, when venture capital was you know, consigned to a very small group of extremely wealthy individuals, um, and they did a very slim sector of kinds of companies, you know, kind of this software that powers the next big thing, right? Then um, what the, uh, how should I say, the processes, both for making funding decisions, management decisions, growth decisions, and so on, were of a particular kind, and it suited that brand of, of investing. Now that we have a lot more people investing, and a lot wider variety of people, uh, different cultures, countries, right, different uh, age groups of people, certainly in the United States still qualified individuals, but now we also have things like Kickstarter, so people are funding with even five and ten bucks. These things are all changing. 
right? And I do find that as the variety of funders is broadened, so in particular, we look at gender equity, certainly, but there are so many diversity, equity, and inclusion issues that we want to address, you know, uh, now and in the future. As we look at where the money is coming from and where it's going to and the kinds of companies that are being built, I think that we should be looking at what kind of return on investment you can get at every level and in every variety. If you're looking at only equity in this software that powers the next big thing type sector, then you're looking at that 10 to 100x. And the entire fund must return, you know, at 3 to 5 or 10x, whatever it is that they're promising. Nevertheless, you're looking to fund those unicorns, uh, the companies that will become extraordinary. Now, what happens when we get out of the uh, what Malcolm Gladwell will call the early adoption stage and we get into the big middle, which is where we are now in this field of entrepreneurship? Everybody's Tom, Dick and Harry and, and nephew and is becoming an entrepreneur. And interestingly, so are the nieces. In other words, a broader group of people are now building companies, and they're building a broader group of companies. Many of them are nominally what we would have called lifestyle companies. And I don't like the terminology because it kind of says uh, cottage industry. We make something and sell it. Not so. These can be significantly uh, well-scaled companies. They simply aren't going to sell them. They're just going to keep running them. Right? So it, we call them privately held. In these privately held corporate sectors, many leverage technology and many will um, you know, be building new technologies, but they're not gonna sell the company necessarily. If that's the case, and they become, if you will, smaller than the monster unicorn, could you still put in 100,000 instead of 10 million and come back with an extraordinary ROI? And how would you get it? And that's where we look at those things like the debt fundings, the revenue share agreements, um, the dividend agreements that are becoming more popular and so on. I see the rise of that as a response to all of this new conversation and data, which is beginning to roll in about the assets and attributes of successful companies as well as CEOs. They are different for different kinds of companies and different sectors of industries. And that's so true. And it, it also, I keep hearing in my head, diversity brings uh, better outcomes. You know, you get more people into the field thinking about how to make this work. And the answers that come out at the other end are much uh, more uh, uh, resonant and more complex and, uh, and f a feed of a lot of growth of business because not every business needs to become a unicorn. Well, every business must not become one. It is critical that they don't. That's right? a really good point. <laughs> the broad swath of the economic base of a city and so on and so forth. I talk about this a lot in Seattle, right? There are about a dozen companies or less in Seattle that will have a, in the tech sector that have a valuation of 100 million to 750 million. Either they're early stage little bits and pieces, or they've already been sucked up by the monsters or they become a monster. Right? We have our fair share of monsters here, you know, from Microsoft to Expedia to Amazon and so on. It, it's a big company town, and it was certainly in the industrial sector, too, with Boeing. But when you have one Boeing and nothing else, that's when you get the signs on the street and the highways that says, last one out of Seattle, turn out the lights. But it's not good for the economies anywhere in any city, not just here. So it's important that we figure out how to fund these mid-level companies and we figure out how to get capital back out of them at appropriate rates 
supporting the company and the entrepreneur, supporting the environment and the society, and making a very decent ROI that's commensurate with the risk of the asset class, because it's got to be better than what you can get in a local bank or a REIT. That's so true. So let's bring it back to uh, women. Um, Okay. Uh, I know that uh, we talk a lot that women are far more likely to be engaged in the process of self-funding their companies Uh using their own cash, even before they ask friends and family, whereas men are more likely to ask friends and family to believe in their idea, even before they write a line of code or build a team. Yeah. But women produce much more before they ask for a dime for anyone. You know, and this kind of feeds into the same old, same old women are hired or raise capital for potential women are hired or raise capital for what they've already accomplished. So the question is, do we have any control over who we really are? Can we control in any way who we are so that when we achieve the power, we are good actors, not bad actors? Can we mold ourselves from Oh, God, the Harvey Weinsteins and Richard Nixons into Abraham Lincoln's and Warren Buffett's and Melinda Gates. <laughs> right. So perhaps is the question uh, or is the answer, I guess. But that would be um, now we're talking about psychology, if you will, and human um you know, nature and so on. If we're talking about investment, the question really is, as an investor, do you bank on the ability of the CEO to be a good actor? Or if you're challenged and is trying to work on it or says they're trying to work on it, do you bank on that? As an investor, I would say I'm not banking on it. I'm not investing in folks that I see moving toward that, um, uh, toward becoming a bad actor with power. Right? So, you so can see how people behave in certain situations. We need to go to a break, but before we do, I just wanted to comment. I'm glad you said the word bank because we heard a story in India when we were there that yes. India's banking systems were turned over to women when the corrupt men were tossed out. And that's interesting to consider. Apparently, the thinking was that women would be more trustworthy, and that turned out to be absolutely correct. By and large, the women did a far better job of running the banks and cleaned out a lot of corruption. So when we go to our final segment, maybe we can talk a little bit more about the uh, gender equity in corruption, because (laughs) there is some, and I have a really, really egregious example. So this is CEO Coach, and we'll be right back. More on how to get your business on the web with CEO Coach after this. Celebrating the best in online advertising, the Web Marketing Association presents the 2018 Internet Advertising Competition Awards. Submit your banner ads, email ads, rich media, online newsletters, websites, and social media campaigns now by going to www.iacaward.org. Deadline for entries is January 31st, 2019. All winners will have their entry highlighted on the Internet Advertising Competition website, as well as receive a handsome trophy to display or a personalized certificate of achievement. Be honored among your online advertising peers by submitting your entry into the Web Marketing Association's 2018 Internet Advertising Competition Awards. Go to www.iacaward.org now. 
There are over 70 million active podcast listeners in the U.S. WebmasterRadio.fm reaches them all with the largest global distribution of any online business-to-business podcast network. We can target and place your message in front of those active listeners immediately. Now, your message can be delivered with less commitment and investment on over 20 hours of weekly original content hosted by the most respected names in digital marketing. Thanks to an exclusive private offer available for a very limited number of companies. But you must act fast. Email brasco at wmr.fm and get your message delivered now. Do you look at the task of ranking your site at the top of the search engines like you would climbing the top of Mount Everest? It doesn't have to be. TopSEOs.com knows how hard that climb can be, and they can make top ranking a reality. Top SEOs send you to only the right search vendors and agencies that they know will work for you. Since 2002, TopSEOs.com has reviewed and researched the best search engine marketing agencies and solutions providers. Don't risk the cost of falling off the proverbial peak of search rankings. Let Top SEOs give you peace of mind. TopSEOs.com, the independent authority on search vendors. We're back with Julian Music and Ann Kennedy on CEO Coach, only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Welcome back to CEO Coach. Today we're talking about power in the C-suite and the integrity of leadership teams. So before the break, um, Julian, you made some really good points about funding and investing and looking at it from the investor side. And then we just wrapped it up with the psychology that uh, in some cases, for instance, the banking situation in India, um, women were brought in to lead the companies because they would do a, a better job of rooting out corruption, which in that case turned out to be true. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was interesting. We don't have any hard data on this at all. It was just a story from somebody who literally had run a bank. And she said, yeah, this is what happened. The the government kind of unilaterally threw out a whole bunch of uh, folks running banks and handed them over all at the same time uh, to women and specifically not just preferentially. It was interesting to hear, but I have really no written data on this stuff. So anecdotal, but um, yeah. On the flip side, you know, we always talk about Theranos. Everybody does. Yeah. Now, the question is, do we have a standard? And the answer is, I don't think I really do. Uh, on the flip side, you know, despots in both genders have shown up all through history in uh, politics and everything else. So it's, it's not just one gender or the other. Um, but I do think it is about the nature of the leader and looking at those leadership qualities, if this makes a difference, you know, um, to the returns on investment, then that has to be one of the things that venture capitalists look at, right? The venture capitalists, the general partners are, have fiduciary responsibility for the health of this fund. And that means they return good returns to their investors. If the general society has moved in a direction in which bad actors are now being exposed and tossed and the stock goes down and so on and so forth, then that has to be one of the elements being observed by boards of directors, investors, etc. Um, and I think that is becoming uh, 
a reality. I don't think it is across the board at this time, uh, but we're certainly hearing far more noise about it than we ever did. I see more investors, uh, male and female, thinking about that and making it one of their criteria that the company itself is a good actor, environmentally, socially, all kinds of other things. Um, and it doesn't mean that they donate you know, 10,000 bucks to the local Goodwill. It really is about uh, what the impact of this company has on a community at large. So, you know, balancing all of those things, uh, the Theranos story is fascinating, no question. Um, it was built entirely on the bad actors process. But as an investor, would we have sussed that out by asking different questions, by listening to the red flags earlier on by it's, the nature of the person? I don't know. It's really easy to say in hindsight, of course we would, but we yeah. all know that about hindsight. Uh, somebody that comes along who is charismatic and appealing and has an idea that we all want to hear about that will save the world, you know, or make something uh, work better or faster or make people healthier. Yeah, you know, it's it's easy to fall for that kind of thing. How mm -hmm. do we, you know, the question is, how do we put up our uh, our uh, our our idea that maybe it's not going to work out that way you know how do we how do well, we you know how, is, how do we the antenna have to do right yeah you should have an antenna out for it and what does it have to read what are the signals can your antenna receive those signals if you will were there signals we have no idea we were not behind those closed doors when the first investments were made or even as follow-on investments were made and promises were given and so on and so forth we have no idea whether everybody was bamboozled or whether there were antennas that were vibrating and saying, wait a minute, this isn't right. And well, they ignored them because they wanted the profits. According, because they wanted the profits and they wanted the um, uh, the solution that uh, Theranos was, was promoting. But mm -hmm. according to the very good reporting in the Wall Street Journal and, and Vanity Fair, um, there was a huge amount of secrecy. And I think that leads us back to one of the things that we have as a core value is is transparency. You know, if you're going to tell me I need to invest, you know, a hundred thousand or a hundred million dollars in what you're doing, but you won't tell me uh, whether it works or even how it works or anything, um, I'd, I'd have to say that'd be a huge red flag for me. Yes, I think it would have been for me too. And as I say, though, it's hard to be a Monday morning quarterback on this, though. That's all right. We're in the yeah. fray now as well. So let's hope we make better decisions about that. I think the counsel, though, to our listeners who are by and large not investors, but rather entrepreneurs, is to determine, are you if a of a bent to become a good leader, to become a good actor in the society in which you build your company? If you're just beginning, a little self-reflection is a good idea. If you know you have tendencies in one direction or another, you know to nurture them or to squash them a little. Right? Think about it. If nothing else um, kind of moves your needle on this one, know that investors are beginning to look. And know that as you become a public company, the public will also look. It's interesting to consider early on. Absolutely. And if you are an investor, keep your, uh, keep your radar live to uh, look at the characters and attributes that will create a leader who is uh, will bring a good company to the finish line for you.
Exactly. Um, it really is about will they stand the test and the test yes. of time. Um, so again, as we think about it, certainly investors of venture and angel alike uh, have always said, I invest in teams. I look for leadership teams. The question is, what do you look for in that leadership team? Over time, what you look for should be changing because public sentiment has changed. And that would be a very important signal as you decide who to back and when to back them. And on that note, we have to say that's it for this episode of CEO Coach. We'd like to thank our producers at Webmaster Radio for their support. You can download these shows at webmasterradio.fm forward slash shows forward slash CEO dash coach. You can also download them at iTunes, iHeartRadio, Radio, Spotify, Stitcher, and many other places around the web. You can find links and more on our Facebook page, which is called CEO Coach Podcast. We'd love it if you'd stop by and hit the like button so we know you were there and tell us what you'd like to hear about on CEO Coach. Thanks for joining us. I'm Ann Kennedy with Jillian Music, and you can find out more about how we help companies to launch, grow, pivot, and thrive at outlinesventure.com. Till next time. The opinions expressed on this program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of WebmasterRadio.fm's management or sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply.